Hello and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I am your other host, Daniel Colburn. How are you? And today's episode is brought to you by Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger, for sponsoring the show. Daniel, I am well. More on that later. And more on that later. <laughs> I am well, Daniel. That's great. So this I'm episode... I'm happy to hear it. How are you? I'm well. I've got a giant cup of yerba mate. Mm. So I'm blasting off. Good for you, man. Yerba mate doesn't have any caffeine. Oh, no, it has caffeine. Oh, it has caffeine. It has caffeine, but it it something about it makes the caffeine less jittery and less uh, crashy hmm. than coffee. Interesting. Yeah. That that's like uh uh people people who talk about weed like the different types of weed like indica and sativa. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is like a super couch high and this is a super head high. Oh which yeah, dude. I buy that. Like I buy that, but Yeah, for sure. Um but the like so many people say very specific things about oh, yeah. certain types of weed. Very deterministic. And I'm calling BS on that. Yeah, I think like most 80% of it's wrong. of the time. Yep. 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 Ah, uh, yep. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I feel kind of the same way with that caffeine distinction. I was know? once in the business. Um, of tea and, selling? Uh, yeah, of selling different strains of tea. Right. And uh, sometimes when someone's sitting on your couch, you need Drinking to tell tea. them, you need to tell them why this particular brand of tea is ten dollars more than the other one and why they should buy that one you this know? tea bro bro this tea yeah this, this is the tea, tea you want let me tell you this big comfy couch tea uh-huh it is going to put you in a place seriously it you really smells... you only need to drink like you know half as much of this tea as you would of the other tea oh man you know the smell of tea like when mm-hmm. you break open the tea flower sure that good good smell uh-huh like every time i've ever bought tea mm-hmm. they you know you like oh you gotta smell this tea bro mm-hmm. and then you like break a chunk open and yeah. smell the tea and mm-hmm. every time and then they watch you expectantly right and every time i respond like it's brand new to me uh-huh and i'm genuine about it but just yeah. like Dude, this tea? Oh man, dude, this tea smells so good. Oh, man. Some of the best tea I've ever smelled. You know, that's optimism. Yeah. That well, you know. You're yeah. an optimistic man. I'd like to think of you that way. I think that whole tea culture is pretty optimistic. Oh yeah, no, big optimism. <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> big optimism. Running around in the tea culture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I live uh in a town that uh, we're, you know, a lot of tea drinkers. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, anyway, recently, the whole thing here has been to grow tea oh, everywhere yeah. here. Um, and so I was uh, outside of like a gas station the other day and just was struck by like the overwhelming smell of tea. Dude. And I was like, where is this tea coming from? And then I realized this isn't steeped tea this is like <laughs> living tea this is I'm alive smelling. and well yeah i'm and getting so like somewhere... seasonal allergies from this tea 
Yeah, somewhere back in the uh, back in the woods behind the gas station, there was a little tea farm. What's the legality of growing tea in North Carolina? Uh, as long as it's below a certain caffeine percentage. Gotcha. You can. Grow it's by it. caffeine percentage, not height. Uh no, not by height. So technically, you know, if you, uh, I think if your tea has less caffeine, it technically counts as like a potion. Um, gotcha. Right. And so uh, that's we're still at the phase where no legality has changed, but everyone has found the loophole. Interesting. So <laughs> I actually when everyone's I was, growing it for TBD products. You know what right. I'm I was in your neck of the woods. Um, uh-huh. I think they called what is TBD called? It's called rooibos. Uh-huh. Rooibos. Um, I was in your neck of the woods for your wedding or something or last time we were there passing yeah. through. Uh-huh. And um and there was a gas station that sold uh rooibos. Yes. By the flower. Oh yeah, it looks just like tea. And I'm like, what in the world is this? Like, you know, we have the whole rooibos craze around where we live. Yeah, everyone's but got it's it. all like gummies. No, they they oil. sell it like it just looks like tea laying on the counter. My chi- I'm going to this new chiropractor, cheapo uh-huh. chiropractor. She's like uh-huh. brand new, super cheap. It's a rinky-dink little chiropractic shop. I pay $25 a crack. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> a crack. Like, yeah. Um, $25 a pop. Literally. Yeah. And she, so like her, you know, like they make extra money on selling you extra things. And one yeah. of the extra things that she's pushing is rooibos, uh, TBD. Mm. And, uh, and so she's got like, like three little bottles on a shelf. Oh, it's just so funny. And she's got all these like posters about the health benefits of TBD and like why your chiropractor should be selling you that, um, rooibos. So listen, I'm, I like to think of myself as not a cynical person, but I am one regardless of how (laughs) I like to think of myself. Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, TBD, rooibos, not that effective. I think it's complete hokum. Dude, I listen. I I'm sure. I do think it has are, one good use, but go on. That's what I'm saying. I think it has like one or two really narrow band good uses, and then everyone else is just buying it because it feels cool to be able to buy something that's almost tea. Yeah, right. No, I think that's the big thing is it's like... Um, but I don't think it does anything. It's like uh, home homeopathy, like... Uh, yeah. Oh, no, um, for sure. It's like this, there's particles of the, the well, original it's like people, whatever. It's, you know, like, and, it's like holy water. It's holy you know? water. It's more of a religious thing than yeah. it is a... You know, because the whole tea culture is very spiritual, you yeah. know? Yeah, uh, I think it's more of a religious. It's like buying a buying like a, an oil blessed by a saint, yep. and then rubbing it on your aches and pains. It totally is. It's snake oil, no doubt. Yeah. Um, TBD. The one good use for TBD, I think that it has. Actually. We're gonna get tweets. I know. Because <laughs> everyone's gonna be like, "Oh no, it actually helps me with my sleep and my anxiety and my knee you know, pain." I haven't consumed that much TBD, so I don't. I can't really speak speak yeah. to it um i'm speaking pretty confidently for somebody who hasn't like actually tried it but um i mean i have tried it but anyway you know my thing about it is i don't trust 
tea people <laughs> yeah, to, to to like carefully remove all of the caffeine from their rooibos. You know what I'm saying? Oh, really? Yeah. Like if I'm just because, you know, like they grow a lot of tea, you know, and I do. Because otherwise it'd be more valuable. Uh, yeah, but it's like it's a plant, you know, yeah. like I don't know. I just don't want to accidentally end up with, like, a jittery caffeine buzz. Yeah, right. Just get, like, whacked out on caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking you're just going to relax, go to bed early tonight. Yeah. And, you're, and then all uh, of a sudden, in the all corner. of a sudden, you're, you're like, man, I feel like I drank some tea. Yeah, man, this caffeine's making me want to order a pizza. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I know exactly what you're the saying. The one valid use of TBD, in my opinion, <laughs> I think, this is all, this is all total BS. <laughs> But off the top of my head, that uh, it's it's a counteracting ability with um, oh, caffeine meth. AHC <laughs> with meth <laughs> with the the crystal, um, the blue stuff. It, so wait, what was your with actual the thing? Poyos uh, hermanos. <laughs> yeah, Poyos hermanos. <laughs> um, but like you know, so the flower of tea, Camellia sinensis uh-huh. flower. Uh-huh. Um, has both uh, caffeine in it mm-hmm. and TBD. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so, like, you go to states where tea is legal now, uh-huh. like Colorado, Yeah. and you go to these shops and all of their tea, like, it's the more caffeine, the better. The less. Yeah. The Which TBD, is predictable, but but, you know, disappointing. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I think it's a valid use of TBD. Like, grab some TBD oil, grab some TBD gummies, and if you're going to drink some tea that's highly uh-huh. caffeinated, eat a gummy or two of TBD with it. To slow it down. To slow it down. To offset some of those negative caffeine effects that, you know, that can be jarring. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. I'm not going to say that I can confirm this, but I'll say that... It's been some time since I uh, was a tea man, but time was I was a tea a tea importer. <laughs> a tea importer. <laughs> yeah. Oh I, uh, man! I was in the tea alive. industry. Man alive. Ah. Uh, you do strike me as an industrious tea drinker. Always have been. Well, it's like you know, first you you start drinking a lot of tea, and then you're like, why am I paying for this tea? When other people could pay for this tea for me, you know? That's right, and man. First, you're just giving tea to a couple of friends, helping somebody out, you know? Before you know it, you're wrapping Before you know tea it, you're driving, driving to whole other walking states. Walking over the border. Yeah. Got a pound of tea in a backpack, whatever. Got a pound of tea in a backpack. I once uh, tried to grow a Camellia sinensis plant oh. in a, uh old computer that I gutted and lined with tinfoil uh-huh. and uh, used the power supply. So, like, you actually plugged in the uh, power supply, like, cable into a power supply. Yeah. But in the other end, I just, like, took the cables, put it into a power strip, and had some, like, CFL bulbs. That's dope. Um, So, it looked like a total... Oh, and I had a CPU fan, or a fan running, because it needed ventilation. Of course. course. So, a computer fan. So, you plug this thing in. the plant must have gotten too large for this. No. I just suck at growing tea. So, I got, like... Started from a seed and I got it to like three inches tall, maybe four gotcha. inches. It got real leggy, as they say. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I never really, it never really got that girth. And uh, and then my dad found that. it. So, I <laughs> so he that. he found it yeah. even with all of that concealment. Yeah, I know. I know. It must have had that signature tea smell that I smell around my gas stations. My brother, though, uh-huh. uh, he lives in Denver, but where he lives, you can't, like in his apartment, you can't grow tea. Um, but he was, was like on an his... HOA rule. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be a courteous neighbor. Don't grow tea. Don't um, grow very stinky plants. Uh, he went to Jamaica on his honeymoon, and somehow he acquired a seed um, mm, of tea. That doesn't seem hard. No, <laughs> and it actually it's harder than you think. Um, yeah, but uh, and it's a male seed, mm. not a female seed, right? So it's basically useless, and uh, unless you're looking to make some tea rope mm-hmm. um, to wear around your neck with shells, right? And uh, anyway, so he so this guy puts it in a pot on his porch, kind of under the railing, so you can't see it, and it's booming like he's got to kill it because it's just like going wild business is booming yeah well but if it's a male seed then he doesn't have to kill it right no it yeah it's about height there i mean it's about like it existing it's not about caffeine content gotcha 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 you know know what i'm saying i know what you're saying so yeah welcome welcome to no place diverse the number one t podcast (laughs) i want to add that i'm driving the other day to go get worms to uh-huh. catch bass like i don't know if these are real ago. worms and bass or whether this means something else <laughs> real worms real bass i'm driving yeah. to go buy them at a real store because you're no longer a programmer you're now a fisher i'm a fisherman and i'm like four minutes from my house and uh-huh. it smells like tea yeah and there's rows and rows fields of tea that i'm looking at it's and I'm like, shocking, what? right? When you first encounter it, this is not legal where I live, at all. So I have it has to be TBD or tea yeah, rope. Robos. It's yeah. got to be something like that. I don't know if how legal that is, or but I couldn't believe it. I'm I'm like, is that what in the world? That's great. Anyway, tea rope. Tea rope. Oh, uh, tea don't rope. Don't tell me you never. You didn't use oh, some tea rope and no. make some uh, tea rope and sandals. <laughs> you can make tea milk. I, that's I've heard. I've heard of tea milk. You milk the tea. You know. You just you tug know, on the little leaves. You know. The only reason tea is illegal is because of the paper industry. <laughs> that's what. That's what a million tea fanatics have told me. Is that right? That's what I've heard. Oh. Uh, Hurst. Hearst newspapers, whatever that guy's name was, James Reynolds Hearst or something. I don't know. Big, uh, big newspaper guy had access to a lot of normal wood pulp. Didn't want to compete with uh, tea paper, mm-hmm. so uh, pulled some strings. Talked to Richard Nixon, made it happen. I think it was a little earlier than that, but yeah. There you go. Um, um. Welcome to No Plans to Merge, the podcast yeah, where we talk one. about. You know, this one's for Justin Jackson. Yeah, this one is for Justin. He'll enjoy it. He'll yeah, he will. He'll clip some this. stuff out of it. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, right. He's the only one who clips our show. More people should do that. Yep. 
he sent me one uh dm'd me i think i sent it to you where um i'm trash talking to simple cast uh-huh i was like astounded he sends me this and i felt like it was blackmail because like i was really trash in simple cast <laughs> i'm like is this me he like clipped out me being like simple cast is garbage <laughs> but that if that's not the most ringing endorsement for transistor fm i don't know what is yeah it's justin it's you should sponsor though. the show and let us host yeah it on you should sponsor FM. the show so that we don't have to pay for your thing <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um oh uh, so we were gonna make this episode 20 minutes long yeah we <laughs> were but then we talked minutes. about tea for 20 minutes oh man um d cole do you want to yeah. talk about laravel nova quick yeah let's talk about laravel we'll nova make this quick. a 25er Oof. maybe even a 30er <sighs> laravel nova so i've used it for the first time oh yeah i've, I've installed it uh-huh. And I've done the teeniest bit of stuff, but this was the first time I actually had to like use it to the point where you're like, you know, cracking open some source code, trying right. to wrangle it. Tell me what problems you've run into because I want to know if the first one is the one that I think it is. Okay. Um, I'll just spew out a couple, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, first, I want to say Laravel Nova, I think, is like unbelievable. Very good. Very, like, very good. Incredible. If you. Oh my gosh. Laravel Nova saves so many people so much money, it blows my mind. Yep. And I witnessed how much money it saves firsthand this week. Yep. Disclaimer over. Now let's talk about how shitty it is. Okay? Just kidding. Sorry, David Appel. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and Taylor. Um so the problems I ran into. Uh the fields, the default fields. Oh, there's probably there's a couple other ones, but the, the default fields are great but i wanted one that is just shows a value that's like just a text field or whatever mm-hmm. and i kind of expected that to be there and it wasn't what do you and mean then, just shows like not editable yeah not editable just like a static value and i wanted i also wanted finer control over like there's the display using callbacks on the fields yeah um there's display using and resolve using or something. It's a little bit confusing which one's which. And I actually needed the inverse of both. Like I needed, I forget exactly, but I needed to do something. Basically, I want more finer grain control over what happens on an edit page versus a create page. Mm-hmm. And what happens on the view page versus, you know, like I want fine tune control over what happens on the index, create, update, and show. So you, you know? can do sort of the like... uh 2013 responsive web design method which is duplicate the field hide one on edit and hide the other on show oh wow (laughs) yeah um i don't even understand that's one another part of it is that i don't really understand how it all works like how what gets submitted when you hit create is it like are these just inputs with names inside of a giant form or i created a custom input and there was like a form data fill method and i didn't really understand like if there's some form data it's thing not created it's not particularly easy to source dive that's one of my major complaints yeah is that there are a lot of classes that exist probably just to have methods on them you know um but like like fields like you get like nova fields and then like that's like a class that's like an array of fields and their contents or something i well i love that 
Oh, I, Nova Fields? I don't I mean I love the resource concept where like there's an array that with these right. classes as the listing of them, like the way of structuring. So that's actual that Nova data. resources. Right, right, right. Yeah. So when you uh have you did did you do any actions? No. I only created okay. a custom field and used resources. Um cool. Anyway, long story short, there's like um or no i'm thinking of action fields uh so when you do an action what's an action an action is like uh something you like say you checked a bunch of posts yeah and then you want to unpublish all of them okay you can make an action that's like unpublish okay and actions attached to resources yeah and so you can Uh, run it on i should catch people up who don't understand like the basic stuff that i understand of nova Mm -hmm. the really basic thing is like no okay nova's an admin panel if you haven't heard of it sure yeah. you have it's an admin panel and if you have a user model and you want to like make it manageable via this admin panel you create a user resource and there's an artisan command like artisan nova resource nova colon resource user whatever and it, it maps to the model so you kind mm-hmm. of set up that mapping it's automatic but you can manually tweak it and and you specify what fields you want nova to like manage and you can chain stuff on it like it's like a facade it's like field colon colon so if it's a text field it's like text colon colon make and then you specify the column name and then you can tack on like um, a bunch of other like options for that field Mm -hmm. um, based on what kind of field type it is and there's select boxes there's text areas there's tons of stuff boolean stuff Um, so anyway that's the skinny that's about as far as i know you can also make custom fields where you can do all the Vue.js stuff yourself yes Um, and it makes that process it's for how robust they did it it's pretty easy but um so anyway that that's the catching up go on actions so actions are basically like say i have a bunch of models selected and i want to do something to them or i want to do something to just one model right yeah uh like say for example i had like a really complicated architecture where like got a customer and that customer's got an application and then there's maybe a subscription associated with that and maybe a bunch of like you know whatever car insurance premiums yeah um and then the i know i want to like cancel a customer subscription well there's yeah. a bunch of cleanup that i need to do yeah surrounding that so i can make an action that's like cancel subscription and it deletes the user does all the cleanup does all the other stuff interesting um and so then i could just select any number of users and say you know, cancel subscription on all of them. Hmm. Um, so actions basically take an array of models and then do something to them. Yeah, um, okay. They accept two parameters. One is a collection of models and one is uh, your action fields, which is like a, a whole thing, which I didn't really understand. But anyway, my main complaint is like, it's really hard to test actions. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like testing jobs or something where like often it's just really tempting to take all of your work and not put it in the action. Yeah. Like put it in a, and and then just like unit, unit test it, it somewhere, it. Yeah, you know? Right. But, uh, but I kind of wish that I could run actions. Like it would be so good if in my PHP unit, I could do like this Nova action and then an action name and then pass in, the model yeah uh-huh. you know because there's so much client facing business logic that only matters to the people who pay us yeah you know 
uh, doesn't matter to the customers that much. Um, where it's not going to break for three months because they're not going to try it for three months, you yeah, know? Right, yeah. But when they do try it, like, I just want tests for this stuff. Interesting. You know? That I did think that along the way I was, you know, basically working with Nova the whole week and I didn't write, I wrote tests for the functionality that Nova, like Nova's in charge of managing like settings or stuff. And I tested the functionality that it's kind of manipulating, that it's, you know, managing the settings for, but I wasn't testing any, anything that Nova did, I didn't test, you know? Right. And that's the thing is like in your application, uh, you've got side effects and there are like intentional side effects often, right? Sure. Um, but sometimes... Side you effects think, like you create a user and something else happens. Yeah. Like create a user and change their state to active. Yeah. Or send an email you know? or something like that. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of times because, uh, admins are only looking at Nova from like a table by table view. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times they'll just start like editing the data on something and thinking that that will update everything that needs to be updated in the app. And so there have been a lot of cases recently where I've started putting observers on things and moving more logic into observers to enable that to actually be true okay and so there's places before where i was like doing something in the constructor like create a user and then do this yeah and i've just taken that and then do this and moved it into an observer on creating a user gotcha which kind of sucks but does enable nova to actually like do what it looks like it does right right you know, so that's that's kind of my main complaint is like it does feel a li- it's like a little close to the metal for apps where we're, we're used to controlling the whole life cycle right. of these objects. And now like some random admin can just go in there and yeah, get all crazy. It's pretty interesting. And I think that's probably something. OK, so probably the first real issue I ran across that I was like, this is odd that I can't figure out how to do this. I needed a default value in a create form. I just needed, right? And so in Nova, I would think that when I'm adding a text field, like there text would be colon, a default col- method? Yeah, there would be a with default or set default or def- something like that. Like that seems obvious to me. Like that, uh-huh. I would believe, I would almost, I'd be very sure that that existed. It does not exist. And looked pretty deep in GitHub. There's no perfect answer either. You can hijack the constructor of your resource, uh, not hijack the constructor. You can um, override a method that's not documented called new model or something Mm -hmm. and kind of new up the instance yourself and attach the attribute. But I think this is what I think. I imagine the thinking uh, behind this, like for David and Taylor, is, well, you should do that at your model level. Like if you yeah. want a default attribute, you should set that in your model, which by the way, I think should probably be easier too. I think people feel a little weird about modifying attributes about like hijacking the constructor, setting your own attributes or setting a protected attributes. Like I think that probably feels a little weird for people. And I think if it was like a first class method, like, um, uh, like, you know, with defaults or default fields or something, I don't know that it might feel better. But anyway, point being that I think this kind of s- relates to what you're saying is that that I think maybe Nova doesn't provide a lot of those things because they want you to do it in your app and they want Nova to not handle like the with default thing 
maybe they'd be like, well, you should be doing that inside your model or somewhere else because I, we don't want you to set some default Nova and then it's not set somewhere else. I don't know. I still think that it yeah, should exist, and, but. And that may be why they haven't provided affordances for testing actions too, is that it's like, don't try and put business logic in here. This is not, this is not where business, business logic lives, yeah. you know, just use this for accessing the logic that you already created somewhere else. Yep. That is interesting because if you're, I mean, if I'm, I'm, I'm writing this panel, this admin panel, but it's going to be used by real customers, you know? Yeah. And so I'm writing it and I'm thinking I'm, my workflow is how it always is. Like I want to TDD this thing, you know, it's my same workflow, but it's a different paradigm because I'm using a tool that has that, that sort of expects that it's not your main front end, you know? Yeah. Like, so it's, there's a difference. Um, but you still have to be able to test those interactions. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, so my first, my initial impression of Nova basically is it's exactly what I wanted it to be crazy, powerful, like, man, you get so much for free. Um, but like you said, it's hard to source dive. I definitely got super confused about some, some specific things. Dude, some of the JavaScript in there is hardcore. I didn't dig too deep into that. I definitely like when you create your own field, there's some things that just could be, they, they don't seem to have that perfect Laravel simple shine. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like if you go to create a custom field, the default view is there's like a two components with a scope slot and things like, I'm sure somebody who is deeper into this understands exactly why it's that way, but it's very confusing. Very actually the custom field creation, uh, view component is, pretty confusing you're not sure if the value if you need to change a value you're not sure if you change the value prop or if you change like the attribute or if you like hook into the scoped fields thing field that you get back like and they all have subtle different have you created a custom field Mm, maybe 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 not it's pretty cool the thing i think is really cool about it i think when you create a custom field it creates a folder that's its own composer deal like in it creates a folder in this it creates a nova components folder and then it creates your field you have to namespace your field you can't just name it you have to be like yeah yeah, yeah. Caleb Porzio cool. yeah, slash yeah. select field my custom select uh-huh. and when you do that you get a folder with a composer.json that has its own auto loading system its own Sweet. webpack everything so i think this is cool because it's super friendly to community contributions and i imagine that's yeah, why and you package it. it up and throw it on nova package exactly yeah packaging it up is like kind of done for you which is cool but yeah. there's also some weird things being in a completely separate thing like you kind of feel like well one i'm like oh shoot i have to namespace this like this is just for this app um and then i'm also like so does this have its own view dependencies like because it's got all its own dependencies if i include this field on a page am i including like all of Vue.js again you know see now we're back to the classic caleb porzio scenario of uh encapsulated view apps <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true i don't know how that works actually interesting someone accused you of not of confusing websites with web apps can we talk about on this on the next episode yeah oh shoot caleb guess what oh, we have sponsors thank you honey badger shoot my goot let's talk First. about honey badger listen we got all distracted because we started talking about nova talked a lot about tea uh 
we didn't we didn't talk about honey badger but let's tell you about honey badger right right now Caleb's honey badger is just the bee's knees i tell you they are the knees of the bees exactly tiny little knees tiny baby little knees buzzing around making honey making honey exactly honey badger whoa we brought it all back you did good job man thanks man honey badger is a killer app for managing exceptions in laravel if you have a laravel app in production or if you work on one you definitely need error reporting and error reporting is that thing that tells you when something went wrong and where it went wrong and when it went wrong and who it went wrong for all essential knowledge and honey badger uh it's a great offering for that installing in your laravel app is crazy crazy simple it offers a bunch of extra cool features like uptime checking making sure your website's alive and well so you can sleep at night making sure that your cron jobs are running so that you can also sleep at night uh it handles your laravel it handles your view uh the customer support is absolutely killer it's the same it's like even better than media temple like i used media temple because it was like back in the day day when I was slinging, slinging WordPress sites, like mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, Media Temples, what's up? None of this. Uh, it what, was what was up. I using? Dreamhost. <laughs> like, dude, none of this. I made Dreamhost. so much money off Dreamhost referrals. Really? Um, so I was like, yeah, Media Temple. I mean, Chris Coyer uses it. It's got to be good. Yeah. And their big homepage was like, their big sell is customer support, basically. It's mm-hmm. like, and that's why I used it, and it was pretty good. But Honey Badger blows that out of the water. Like if customer support matters to you, if you want to be able to talk to somebody about the app you're using, talk to the creator in like a minute by opening the intercom window. Bingo. Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger, so much for sponsoring No Plans to Merge. We love you. You should use them. There you go. Also, it's not just for Laravel. We say Laravel because we think that most of y'all write Laravel. But you (laughs) could do other things too. Rails, Rails. Node, Elixir, I think, as well. Probably Python. Why not? Why not? Django. Or if you just use Bash Scripts as your backend? Probably yeah, not ba- dude, Bash Script Framework. It's one of the best frameworks. It's really hot right now. Bash is, yeah. I, I, it's part of the, the no-code movement. Yeah. Only commands. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Write yep, less yep, yep, code. Yep. Um, so thank you, Honey Badger. So Nova, I think we're sort of in agreement. It's... It's a kind of a bear to use as a developer because yes. you, you want to kind of use it like you want to own more of it, you know? Yeah, I think that's it. I think that it's a little bit opaque. Maybe. It was a little black boxy for me. Yeah, definitely a couple things that, you know, and it's also. It's to, like less source diveable than Laravel. And I think I want for it to sure. be the same amount of source diveable as Laravel. It also has a bigger promise than Laravel, like a bigger job than Laravel. In terms of like, it's serving a more custom. Well, it actually domain. ships JavaScript, right. which is Laravel doesn't do. Yeah, a lot of hard problems, and I'm not saying they're not solved as best as they could be, but there are those hangups. And you uh, should go look at the AJAX requests. I do. Yeah, there's they're, a lot of them. They're interesting. They're like weird shaped objects. Oh, I haven't really dug into the the requests the and responses. They're interesting. They kind of remind me of like LiveWire objects interesting uh like especially when you run an action like you like send an action up over ajax and then you get an action response back gotcha it's pretty cool and sometimes you can get like a whole layer of exception like a 500 back in ajax that happens all the time to me i'm sure anybody using nova and it pops up in a little toaster yeah which is cool 
part of it, it's partially cool because instead of a whoop, something went wrong. It's nice that one, you know, something went wrong. It's also nice that they give you the message right there, uh-huh. but it's almost always useless. I almost always yep. have to go and dig through the stack trace in the yep. XHR request, XHR request. Um, yep, yep, yep. I had one other thing to say that somehow related to Livewire, I think. Oh, Nova. I don't know. Wilbur Powery got Livewire working with Nova, and he submitted a pull request to Nova. Yeah. I what know. does that mean? Hemphill messaged me at one point about it, like, yo, we should get it working in Nova. Nothing ever came of it. And then Wilbur just messaged me. He's like, dude, wouldn't it be sick if Livewire was in Nova? This is coming at a good time for me. But I mean, I was like, what, what does that mean that Livewire is in Nova? Oh, you could make like a Livewire field, like a custom field, but make it Livewire. That doesn't use Vue? Yeah, that's just Livewire. Whoa. And I could have used the crap out of that big time. Yeah. For show. Um, yeah. Strange. Yep. But he got it to work. Strange times we live in, Caleb. It is true. It is true. Strange. It is well with my soul. Dude, I had something to say. When peace like a river attendeth my way. And so. Reading from the sports uh, section. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. What'd you have to say? You had something to say. I had something Should to say, just... man. Ah, next episode. You'll catch it next episode, fam. You sure, though? Yeah, I believe in it. Come on, what get you, it out you... of me. All right. Uh, Nova. Nova. Laravel. Yep. Livewire in Nova. Livewire in Nova. What you got? You, you know you got something. That's there. Dude, oh man, oh man. You were talking about how Nova uses Ajax requests and the shape is kind of like Livewire. Yeah, I was. Something struck me and I don't remember what it was. Shoot my dupe. Okay, whatever, forget it. You ever, yeah, just, you know, be content to be where you are now and don't try and reclaim the past. Don't tell me to be here now. Okay. I'm just don't you regret don't you regret right in front of me on my podcast I regret not being here now more it's something I live with every minute <laughs> uh, cue that outro music cue that outro music don't Alright. I'm gonna stop my stop recording. Stop the recording. We'll see.